So what I always did very early on was if I didn't have what I wanted, even if it was by some stroke of bad luck, I would never blame bad luck. I'd blame myself. Welcome to Star of the Doubts. I'm your host, Jared Easley. This show is for the person who wants to create value that converts, but they're running into the resistance that everyone faces. On this podcast, I'm fortunate to interview and discuss how successful entrepreneurs have starved the doubts, moved into self-confidence, and are making their dreams, their business, and their passion a reality. You can do it too. I'm proud to bring to you my guest today, Derek Halpern from socialtriggers.com. Let's kick off with the interview and do a wrap-up at the end. Derek Halpern is the founder of Social Triggers, a business training company that publishes a blog with more than 100,000 subscribers. He is the host of the Social Triggers Insiders podcast, which happens to be one of the top podcasts on iTunes, and he also has a popular web TV show. Derek, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Jared. Pumped to be here. I always like to start off with the same question that I ask everybody, and what is the best concert that you have ever been to? What if I told you I'm not a concert guy? Then what's the best performance that you've ever been to? That would definitely be Chris Rock performing on New Year's Eve at, at Madison Square Garden. I was like the fifth row seat or sixth row seat, and I'm a huge fan of comedy, so that was amazing. Excellent. Who are some of your favorite comedians? I'm a big fan of Chris Rock, to be honest with you. Like I, I like him. I like Eddie Murphy. I never really heard much from Louis C.K., and mm. there's this new guy... I can't say his name, but he's Indian. What's his? Do you know who I'm talking about? <laughs> oh, that's a little vague, but he's on uh, Parks and he's on Parks and Recreation. Uh-huh. Aziz okay. Azari or something. Okay. He's also hilarious. Good deal. Let's segue into blank versus blank, and the first one is better song. Samantha Jade's "What You've Done to Me" versus Catherine McPhee's "Touch Me." I love both of them equally. <laughs> so you couldn't choose one, huh? I'm a big fan of the world's worst music, and those are two <laughs> songs that I have, I have listened to on repeat probably a thousand times a pop. <laughs> As you should. Comedy, Van Wilder versus Zoolander. Wait a second. What made you pick these songs in these movies? <laughs> I've been doing some research. So. Oh, research on me? Because I've seen Van Wilder probably a thousand times, and I've probably seen Zoolander a thousand times. I can't <laughs> pick, like, you basically pick the two songs that I most <laughs> listened to in the last, like, three months, and two movies that the only movie that I watched more than those two movies was Bad Santa. <laughs> yeah, that's a good movie, too. Yeah. So if you had to choose between Van Wilder and Zoolander, is that even possible? No, it's not. They're equal. Like, I, I hate to be this guy, but like, those are two fantastic movies. Did you have a favorite line from either? Yeah, write that down from Van Wilder <laughs> and yeah. from Zoolander. It's not really a line as much as it is a scene, but it's the gasoline fight scene. <laughs> if I had to pick a line, it would have to be, what is this, a center for ants? <laughs> <laughs> What about Bad Santa? Oh, man. I can't tell you my favorite line for Bad Santa okay. because it's not the most savory of lines. But okay. let's just say it's in the beginning of the movie 
when Billy Bob Thorne's walking out of the department store and the security guard is like, what's in your pants? <laughs> All right, that's, that's some good homework for the listeners. Yeah. Good deal. Reading, morning versus night. Well, I'm not a morning or night reader. I'm a both reader. I like to read as soon as I wake up, and I like to read right before I go to bed. So a lot of people who struggle with reading books, they're just not making the time for it. The time I've personally made is in the morning and the night. So it's not about which I prefer. It's just about what I do when I wake up and what I do when I go to sleep. Derek, I know a few years ago you read the Warren Buffett book, and I'm just curious, how important is reading? Reading is easily the most important thing people can do to become better people, whether it's in business, life, anything. You've got to read books, and it actually hinges off this one quote. I think it it comes from John C. Maxwell, who is a leadership author, and he was like, a lot of good people learn from other people's mistakes. Smart people learn from their mistakes. Smarter people learn from other people's mistakes. The smartest people learn from other people's successes, right? So you can't know about other people's mistakes and other people's successes unless you're actively reading about them. Now, I prefer reading books as opposed to these blog spam articles that you see people write now, like seven tips for X, Y, and Z. Those articles are horrible. I like books because seven tips isn't going to help you change anything. You have to know the full story, and you can only get the full story from a 300-page book. So I'm always a big, avid reader. I think it's very important. And I started reading, you know, I probably went the first 23 years of my life without ever reading a book, and I majored in English. Mm. Never read a book in my life. Like, I hated reading everything about it. It wasn't until I read the first Warren Buffett biography, which is the Buffett, The Making of American Capitalist. And in that book, Warren Buffett talked about how he read all the biographies of the people before him, like Rockefeller, Carnegie, all that stuff. So I decided, you know what? Buffett did it. I'm going to start reading. Then I read Rockefeller biography, Carnegie's biography, and I started noticing something. All of these people were avid readers. And then I started to do a little bit more research. Everyone that was majorly successful was an avid reader. When I worked for a Fortune 100 company, I walked into the C-level executive's office. He had like 500 books in his office. And I was like, even this guy reads. So that was kind of like what made me realize I had to read, and I've been reading ever since, several books a week. Do you listen to audiobooks? I hate listening to audiobooks. Okay. Book recommendation, Choose Yourself by James Altucher or Stalling for Time by Gary Nosner. So Choose Yourself is a great motivational and inspirational book. And if you're at the point in your life where you feel like you are at the mercy of other people, you should definitely pick Choose Yourself. Great book, great author, great experiences. If you're at a different point of your life where you kind of already felt like you know what you're doing and you're just trying to get to the next level, whether it's negotiating with clients, contracts, Stalling for Time by Gary Nosner is a fantastic book because it's his personal account of essentially creating the hostage negotiation protocol for the FBI. Now, I want you to imagine this for a second. If you ever think that you can't negotiate with people, this guy's job was to negotiate with people with guns trying to hurt people. Like, if he can get those people to do something, I'm sure you can get someone to buy your product. 
So you want to learn from his experience because he's basically negotiating in the world's toughest circumstances. The only thing probably tougher than that is a dispute between countries. Anyway, you have to read both. I can't pick either or. <laughs> so, Derek, let's do finish this sentence. If your birthday is on Christmas, you would be just like me and <laughs> potentially be confused for Jesus. <laughs> Clearly. When ordering a cocktail from Bar Chef, your fingers will smell like hickory smoked barbecue potato chips. <laughs> that sounds like a good story. If you get the vanilla hickory Manhattan. <laughs> Okay. The best way to avoid spilling your drink on your keyboard is to... Buy another keyboard when you spill it on it, and you got to do that about four times. I can't believe you have all these questions, man. <laughs> this happened for, just to get some, some backstory. Back in, I think, late 2010, there was this time in my life where I spilled a coffee on my keyboard. It was those Apple $80 keyboards. I spilled a coffee on it. The keys stuck. I was mad. I bought a new keyboard. That night, I spilled another coffee on it. The following two days, I proceeded to go through four keyboards in like 10 days. And let me tell you, you spend $400 on keyboards, you're never going to spill something on your keyboard again. I haven't spilled anything on my keyboard since. So that's the best way to do it. The most charming person in the world is... Myself. <laughs> do you have a close second? Not really. I'm a very charming guy. I don't... <laughs> There, honestly, I don't think there's anyone more charming than me. Maybe Robert Downey Jr. Well, I definitely appreciate your humility, so thank you. Yeah, there's no humility. <laughs> I always like to tell people, I'm so humble, I feel the need to tell everybody about it. Exactly. The most impulsive purchase that I have made... Where do I start? <laughs> I think probably, actually, the most impulsive purchase I made was back when I wanted to start creating videos. I basically woke up one day, I was like, all right, I'm going to create videos for social triggers. And I went out and bought all this video equipment, green screens, lights, expensive camera, uh, whiteboard, got all this stuff set up, went home and was like, damn it, what do I do with all this stuff? <laughs> and then I hired a video guy. So that was probably the most impulsive purchase. Derek, we've had some fun just going through some of these questions here, but... Would you be willing just to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I'm Derek Halpern. I founded a website called Social Triggers where I show entrepreneurs and executives how to figure out what makes themselves tick and their customers. So it's all about convincing yourself and other people to do things and how to actually get that to happen. And that's kind of what I do right now. So I launched Social Triggers in 2011. Before that, between 2005 and 2011, I launched several wildly popular blogs. I had one of the largest celebrity gossip blogs in 2007. I then later joined a Fortune 100 financial company because I thought I wanted to be in finance after reading a Jack Welch biography about big business. I went ahead and launched the DIY themes blog, and I built that from zero to tens of thousands of subscribers in less than a year. I also had fashion blogs, makeup blogs, entertainment blogs, and every other blog you could possibly imagine. But I finally ended up launching Social Triggers where I'm helping these entrepreneurs and executives understand themselves and their customers. Derek, why did you choose Social Triggers over just Derek Halpern as a brand strategy? You know, I don't have an answer to that. Okay. I just There's no answer. I kind of flip-flop between wanting one or the other right now. But I like Social Triggers because it's descriptive. And 
you don't really need your name to be the domain name to be the most known name on your website, you know? Social Triggers blew up and has had exciting success, uh, definitely in a short amount of time. This show is called Starve the Doubts, and the whole point is to try to get to fear management and how you overcame self-doubt. Would you be willing to talk about that process of starting Social Triggers and how it grew and, and just some of those doubts that you overcame during that process? Uh, see, this is very interesting because I didn't really have self-doubt when I launched Social Triggers. I was 100% certain it was going to work. Actually, I was so certain it was going to work. Back in February of 2011, I was having lunch with a friend named Terry, and I was complaining about how bad most marketing blogs were, and he just looked at me. He goes, all right, Derek, do something about it, like challenge me to do it. And then I launched Social Triggers the next month, and I had 10,000 subscribers in the first 45 days or whatever it was. That said, I did struggle with self-doubt back when I was first getting started building websites, and what I did to overcome it was I never blamed anyone else. There's a lot of people out there who will be building their website, their business, or whatever it is they're building. And they'll start thinking like, all right, I'm not successful because of the economy. I'm not successful because I can't make the right connections. I'm not successful because it's all about who you know. And they have all these excuses for why they're not where they want to get to, right? So what I always did very early on was if I didn't have what I wanted – even if it was by some stroke of bad luck, I would never blame bad luck. I'd blame myself. And it's a very depressing way to look at the world when you realize that you are responsible for every one of your outcomes. And it's tough for people to start to believe this. And there's a lot of people out there who say they're responsible, but as soon as something hits the fan, they're quick to point their finger at anyone else. So that's probably my piece of advice for anyone struggling with self-doubt it's to just blame yourself and figure out that there are other people who have accomplished what you want to accomplish. Look to them and their success to figure out what you need to do next. Derek, you mentioned your Fortune 100 company corporate job earlier. You left that, and now you're doing social triggers. What encouragement or advice do you have to that person who's doing their day job, but they're working on the side to hustle and create that dream job or pursue that passion? Yeah. There's only so many hours in the day. I mean, you probably put 18 hours a day into your website starting out, but not everybody can do that. What do you recommend? Yeah, ready? Don't quit your job. And I say this because a lot of people like to think everything is all about being all or nothing. They like to say that, all right, if I'm going to start a business, I have to quit my job and start a business. Or if I'm going to do X, Y, and Z, I have to go all in and stop what I'm doing. Here's the bottom line. It doesn't have to be an all or nothing decision. You should work on it on the side. If you're working full time and you're only making $500 a month on the side, you need that income. Don't quit. You don't know if it's going to work or not. So what you want to do is if you're in this position where you're working a job and you're starting something on the side, don't quit your job until your thing on the side is earning enough money to make sense. Now, I'm not saying work your job until you replace your full income, because that's not always possible. Let's say you make $100,000 a year, but now you're making forty dollars or $50,000 a year on the side. You already have proof of concept that what you're doing is working. The more time could mean more money for you. But if you're working your job full time and you have no success, you're not making any money, you've got no subscribers, look, don't quit. I suggest you don't quit. That's a very risk-averse thing to say. And I'm a very risk-averse person, despite being loud, rambunctious, and obnoxious. I don't think people should quit and put themselves in this position because if you're a family person, you have to think about your family. It's very stressful. 
It's a way to give yourself heart problems. It's like, don't do that. You know, so just keep doing it on the side and lose a little bit of sleep. Or don't take your lunch break. If you're riding the train to work, work on the train. Find that time to work, but don't quit. Derek, some people love list building, and then some people are intimidated by it who are starting out. What's the best way to start building a list? Sign up for aweber.com and put an email sign-up form on your website. Most people are so intimidated about building a list, they don't even have an email sign-up form. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Just because you're not getting any traffic, put that form there from day one. Put that pop-up up. You know, you want to be building a list from the beginning. And if you're intimidated by it, you really got to get over that as well. So the best way to get over it is just to put an opt-in form there and let that do the job for you. Then what you need to do is you need to focus on promoting your content. There are so many people out there who think they can just create their way into success. But you could throw 100 Pulitzer Prize winning articles that you personally wrote on your website. If nobody knows it's there, nobody knows it's there. You've got to get that and promote it to start building your list. But you also need that email sign-up form in the beginning. Derek, I've heard your story of how you took content that you created and you'd only do so many per month and then you would focus on that one content and just try to get it out to as many people as possible. I'm curious, does that same strategy work for podcasting? Yes, absolutely. Why would it not work? I've not tried it. I'm just curious from your experience. So as my podcast, I'll get some good professors on there, talk about some research. It might be new research, old research. It doesn't matter. It's research. It's productive today. It's productive tomorrow. It doesn't matter when it was created. And if you only have 20,000 downloads on one of your podcast episodes, there's no reason why it shouldn't be 100,000 downloads. So Mm -hmm. why spend all this time creating all this content if you're not even focusing on the content that you already have? Do you have examples of ways to try to reach that bigger number? You have to find people who have your ideal audience. I always give this example about massage therapists where I wrote this article. The other day I walked into a spot. I realized that most massage therapists and small business owners know nothing about email marketing. So I talked about this. I use massage therapists. I then reached out to all these massage business communities, and the article went viral, sent tons of hits to my blog, all massage therapists who are part of my ideal customer. And... That helped me get all this traffic. I actually just did that same exact thing again with massage therapists like about a week ago using the same article I wrote a year ago, and I got thousands of hits to my website for free just by going out, figuring out who my market is, and then trying to get that article in their hands. Now, what specifically did you do to do that? Did you just go into groups? or I emailed people. And I actually have a video about how to email influential people and get responses. I suggest you just Google that, and that kind of gives the tips on how to do it. Real quick, Derek, what is Social Triggers Live? All right. So last week, I hosted a live event in New York City, and I kept it intentionally small. You might notice I wasn't really marketing it. I didn't have Mm -hmm. tickets for sale. I had less than 100 people by design, so I could see if I liked throwing events. So it was a live event in New York City. I threw the event. It was a huge success. I had two New York Times bestselling authors. I had a hedge fund manager speak. I also had another product launch guy. It was a fantastic time. Everyone who showed up had an amazing time at it. In retrospect, is that something that you're going to plan to do again? Well, I'm still a little too close because it just happened last week. Mm -hmm. But I do have intention on doing live events again. Derek, who is 
doing something that interests you? In what regard? <laughs> Who's doing something that's interesting to you? Yeah, I mean, pretty much all the academic researchers. I'm a big fan of academic research. I'm sure that kind of comes through when you consume my content at socialtriggers.com. And people like Jonah Berger from Wharton, Sheena Iyengar from Columbia, all those guys and girls are doing fantastic work. I'm such a huge fan of academic research. I actually recently joined a library, basically a, a university library, to a university that I didn't attend. I had to like donate a large chunk of money to get access to the library, but I did it because of how much I actually like being in the library. Derek, what's the best place for people to connect with you online? By going to my website, socialtriggers.com, and getting on the email list. You'll find that the best way to talk to me and reach me is via email. And even though I've got things like Twitter and social media and Facebook and all this other stuff, I always point people to the email list because building an email list is the most important thing you can do for your business, brand, company, you, everything. So I would say email. Derek, I appreciate you being on the show. Thanks for coming. Hey, thanks for having me. I hope this was valuable for the listeners. I had kind of had a good time you digging up the past a little bit. <laughs> well, I appreciate you going there. Thanks, Derek. Did you enjoy the interview with Derek Halpern? Derek has a new course called Blog That Converts. You can find out more about that by going to blogthatconverts.com. And please consider sending Derek a thank you email for being on the show. Derek's email is Derek at DerekHalpern.com. Derek is also on Twitter at Derek Halpern. Write that down. I, 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 iTunes hits me so hard with no reviews to say, oh my lord, I need you to bless me. Because ratings and reviews increase visibility. Okay, I know what you're thinking. I'm no MC Hammer, but this is a podcast that you can touch by going to iTunes to leave a rating interview, which of course greatly increases the visibility of the podcast. Please consider doing a search for Star of the Doubts in iTunes. Remember to hit subscribe and leave a rating and review. Thank you for the consideration. You are doing fantastic work. Marshall Stevenson is doing fantastic work. I personally enjoy his podcast, Expert Empire. He has some great guests on his show. So if you're looking for another interview podcast to check out, I recommend Expert Empire. You, you can find out more about Marshall by going to expertempire.com. How would you answer the Van Wilder versus Zoolander question? Open up your email and type either Van Wilder or Zoolander in the subject line and send a blank email to jaredeasley at gmail.com. I'm eager to see which one that you pick. In the meantime, always treat others the way that they want to be treated. Always do your best and remember to starve the doubts. Don't quit your job. And I say this because a lot of people like to think everything is all about being all or nothing. They like to say that, all right, if I'm going to start a business, I have to quit my job and start a business. Or if I'm going to do X, Y, and Z, I have to go all in and stop what I'm doing. Here's the bottom line. It doesn't have to be an all or nothing decision. You should work on it on the side. If you're working full time and you're only making $500 a month on the side, you need that income. Don't quit.
You don't know if it's going to work or not. So what you want to do is, if you're in this position where you're working a job and you're starting something on the side, don't quit your job until your thing on the side is earning enough money to make sense. 